Hello and welcome back to Nintendo Nostalgia. This is Josh and I'm here with our co-host Chris. Hello. And today we have a very special guest. Um, he is the sound designer and composer of Kaze and the Wild Mask. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey guys, so cool to be here. I'm Paulo, Paulo Bore. I'm a Brazilian sound designer and composer. Uh, thanks a lot for the invitation, Joshua and Chris. Uh, really exciting. I'm a little bit nervous, but yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Seriously, like this is so awesome. When I heard about this, I was just over the moon. So thank you so, so much for joining us, really. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, trust me, I'm still nervous every time I try the opening. For some reason, I, uh, I, I seem to mess up right from the get go sometimes. So I think we did all right. So, <laughs> I think it'll all be fine in a few more years. Well, Anyhow, without wasting too much time here, we uh, are going to go ahead and get started with a couple things. Um, all right, so without wasting too much more time here, we're going to actually go ahead and jump straight into what we are Radical Rexing about. All right, guys, so we will go ahead and start with you, Paulo, if that is all right. Let you go first. What have you got yeah, going sure. on? Been playing anything good lately? Uh, actually, I, I think I'm kind of addicted to a game. It's been almost three months now. I started playing, I don't know why, but I started playing Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> so oh, that's wow. an MMO. It's been like almost 10 years since the last time I played an, an MMO. And it's been three months and I already have more than 300, 300, years, 300 hours in the game. <laughs> wow. wow. And uh, so that's basically basically what I'm doing with my free time lately. Uh, besides that, I'm really excited because I just heard today that people under 40 years old are starting to get vaccinated in Brazil. Yeah. So my time my time will be very very soon, and I'm very happy because of that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's exciting. Which uh, which console are you playing Final Fantasy 14 on? I'm playing on the PS5. Oh, wow. Very nice. The graded version, it's, it looks really good, especially for an MMO. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I, I The only thing I know about Final Fantasy XIV is that, and I could be wrong, maybe I'm thinking of a different one, that it had like a pretty rough start at first, and but like over time they kept updating it, and now it's like one of everyone's favorites uh everyone's favorite Final Fantasy game. So that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool turnaround story. You know? Yeah, I started I started playing just recently, but that's what I heard too, that it was a mess in the beginning and they redid a lot of the game and released it again, the name Realm Reborn. And then it was a big success. And uh, and yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's really cool because it's a game, it's a lot, it's a lot about the story. So it's different for an MMO. You get so immersed in that story. It's, it's a very fantastic world. Really good game. Cool. Yeah, I, I've heard very good things. My friend is really addicted to it. Um, I doubt it's ever going to come to Switch, but uh, yeah. it could be coming to like the next Switch, you know? Um, so <sighs> who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I hear very good things, and I do hope to get a chance to play it someday. So yeah, cool. I, I really hope it does, because... It does get released on Switch because I'm playing with my wife and she's playing on the PC. So we get like different rooms in the house. So I always think, oh, if this game comes out on Switch, we'll be able to play on the couch, the two of us uh, at the same time. 
yeah uh together it's gonna be awesome yeah seriously ever since the switch came out it just opened up this fantasy of playing every game however you want so whenever a game doesn't have that ability it's just like ah (laughs) when is this gonna come yeah i feel you awesome what about you chris what is awesome in your life what's happening uh well it's been pretty stressful for me lately Uh, i'm taking a class like a summer grad class and it's been really interesting but tomorrow is the last day and i have a major paper due so i've been doing that in bits and pieces and it's it's very very intense but uh, a very interesting topic um so i haven't really been playing too many games lately because of that but i did have a friend over Uh, I think it was like last week and I set up my TV outside. I have like a little netted canopy outside in my backyard. So put the TV there. I uh, brought my GameCube and my Switch out and um, we just played, uh, what is it, new Pokemon Snap. And um, he just watched me play new Pokemon Snap because he loves Pokemon and he didn't feel like playing. I was like, okay, great. And uh, it's a great game. I mean, that game is beautiful and I just still can't believe we got a sequel to Pokemon Snap. It's just it's just one of those things where I uh, I wake up every day I'm like, wow, that really happened. But um yeah, pretty much just that. Um I've been playing a little bit of Metal Gear Solid the Twin Snakes because we'll be doing an episode on that shortly. Uh so that's a great game that I want to like I want to do the game justice by having a, a very comprehensive-ish episode on that. And uh, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Uh, Josh and I will be making an episode on that shortly as well. And um, it was a game that I was going to play in like bits and pieces, but I've been playing it just to relax lately. It's just a great, <laughs> relaxing uh, game. So, so that's been fun. And um, I guess the last thing I'll mention is, uh, I don't know if I'm rexing about this, but mm-hmm. I am relieved that the new switch oled model was just announced today um i don't know how i feel about it uh like if i'll be getting it or not but it is nice to know that these switch pro rumors can rest for a little bit longer um until the next one you know uh but um it's pretty cool that it's it has a bigger screen and uh it comes with white joy cons i like that look um, but I, I think, honestly, that I'll be keeping the one that I have. Um, I just like my Mario Red Joy-Cons, and uh, LCD screens are perfectly fine for me. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, it's a pretty cool random announcement for today. But yeah. that is just about it for me. Since video games are so expensive here in Brazil, I, I kind of feel relieved that it's not like a totally new version 4k you know something that could play a game could play in both versions but i would feel like i was missing something if i didn't get the new one so uh, it makes me happy on one side because i I don't have to to buy a new console very expensive one (laughs) exactly there's like there's two types of announcements like one you're excited to get the new thing or you're excited because it's not that exciting and you can save a little bit of money exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah, for for me on that, actually, I think I feel the same way. Is I was more excited that oh, it's happening, and I don't have to run out and get it. <laughs> it's uh, it's coming out in the same month as Metroid Dread, 
um, I can't remember the full name of the Mario Party game, but all, and also Super Monkey Ball, and all of those interest me, especially Metroid. True. So it was like I already have to figure out how I'm going to come up with enough money to maybe get as many of those as I can. And I'd like to save up for like a you know one of the either an Xbox or a PS5 or whatever. Uh, so really, I was hoping. You know, I, I, it sounds negative. I was going to say, I, I was hoping it would be a little underwhelming, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, though, um, I I've kind of have a habit of jumping around on different games here and there. So I've been playing a lot of Mario Golf. Um, really, I really do enjoy the new one. Um, I've even been playing it with my six-year-old some. Um, believe it or not, she's pretty good at it. Um, really like the speed golf. I think that's just a, a fun you know, sort of silly new mode they added into there. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun on multiplayer. Played it with a couple of friends as well. Um, so I'd recommend that if, if you've played any of those before. Um, along with that, I guess I've been back into Kaze on and off a little bit, just kind of poking around on it, trying to, you know, get my head back in the space of, you know, yeah. ready to talk about it and all that sort of thing. Um, and... Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. I've I've jumped around so much lately. I, I, my birthday was last Friday, so I got uh, Hades. Um, nice. I've been looking forward to try that, and that's wow. that's been that's usually that's not the kind of game I'd usually play. Like I don't usually play rogue. There's not really a reason. I just kind of haven't. But it, I I really like it. I'm like, uh, you know, at first I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty tough. I don't know what I think. But then it's like the more I get into it, I've made it to like the end of the third world or section or whatever it is and i've gotten stuck on that boss two or three times now but it's like the more it sends you back the more i'm like no I, i'm doing this again and it, you just want to do another run and another run i'm like yeah i, I kind of see how this this can be addicting yeah. <laughs> uh, oh wow I, a game that josh likes how unusual <laughs> i know i know, I'd, I'd, I'd probably like too much i also got um alex kid uh in in miracle world dx that that remake and that's pretty cool. Um, I know reviews were kind of everywhere on it, but I've I've had a really good time with it. Went back through it like twice now, so that's a fun little throwback. Um, oh wow! How is it like uh, g- gameplay wise? I think I heard that it's like insanely hard. Do you think that's true? It, insanely hard and like a if you've heard the term like NES hard, it's not a NES yeah. game. It's Master System, but you know it's around that same time period. So if if you leave the extra lives on, especially by the time you get to the end, it's it's, it's kind of brutal. Um, there is an infinite lives mode if you want to do that. Um, okay. It does make it kind of short, I guess, if you do it that way. But I, maybe it's just around 32 now, but I, it didn't feel that off to me, I guess. Yeah. Um, something, you could tell it was a little aged, but it wasn't bad, bad any means, I wouldn't say. Yeah. I think that's fine. Like for a remastered game like that from that type of era, we know it doesn't age as well as, you know, a more recent game. And the whole point of it is to kind of bring it back with a fresh coat of paint and with that really interesting, beautiful art style. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I would be totally fine with having all these extra lives just so I can experience the game. So, yeah, that makes sense. I'm glad you like it, though. Yeah. So that... I'm, I'm sure there's something else I've something else I've hopped in and out of, but I, I can't even remember at this point. I need to get back into Game Builder Garage. <laughs> game Garage Builder. I always forget the name. Yeah. But uh, outside of that, um, I've been keeping up with some of my, well, trying to keep up with some of my Udemy classes. I'm pretty sure I say the website wrong. <laughs> um, where I took the, the narrative design one for, for gaming, uh, another writing class, and I'm in the middle of like a, like I've never been like awesome at drawing, but I'm taking a class on character artist and things like that. Just trying to get 
a good grounding of at least a sketch to go along with a narrative, you know, so I can yeah. sort of make a nice, neat little package out of it. I'm just hoping to make something out of that someday, <laughs> very much so. Uh, so you're studying game development? I would very much, it, it's 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 complicated, but it's kind of turned from that, uh, that that silly dream almost. I feel like I looked at it like as a, as a kid to like mm-hmm. that, you know what, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really starting to dig more into this and I think I just need to go for it in some form or another. That's I think cool. this is where I'm going to try to shoot for it. So it's just, you know, being around it enough and digging into it enough on a daily basis and going here and there and all that sort of thing. It's, it's like, okay, I, I want to try to shoot for this. I'm not, uh, yeah, nobody from my current job will listen to this anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not into what I'm doing now. So I want to do something that I actually have a heart for. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, um, you know, I, we've just got you know, a, a lot of busy, crazy family stuff. So, you know, running here and there constantly. So it is what it is. It's mostly good. So. <laughs> cool. uh, but yeah, outside of that, I guess we will go ahead and kind of hop to the next bit here. Um, what do we have? We have a few Facebook questions, it looks like, and a voicemail uh, we want to go through. Um, we actually have uh, we have two voicemails. Jacob just left one, apparently. Yes, he did, it looks like. That just now popped up. Um, all right, so let's we'll go ahead and play Ryan's voicemail here first, if that is cool. Um, where we were off a week or two there, um, I think it's more t- kind of just he's talking about E3 some more there, and then we'll jump into Jacob's. What's up, NOS crew? This is Isaac. Just wanted to say thank you for taking my calls. I really appreciate it and giving you guys a shout-out. I just wanted to call in, though, share some of my excitement. I just got uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. Can't wait to jump in play. I guess you guys <clears throat> probably are as well. I've been talking about it. It's one of the games I was looking forward to for this year. But I uh, also wanted to call in about the E3 uh, so much to cover on that. I appreciate how you guys have been uh, covering that, uh, talking about it in the different episodes. But uh, one thing that obviously ones are talking about is the new Metroid Dread. It's uh, got me super excited. I I am really looking forward to it. I can't wait to play it. One thing uh, that made me think, though, was how the special edition, it just looked really cool. It came with a steel book. Um, there's some other goodies in there, but unfortunately, you can only get it online. I just stopped in at GameStop the other day and was asking about it, and I guess GameStop does not do special edition games in store. You have to go online now to pre-order, which is kind of a bummer because anymore, if you have something online, it's sold out within five minutes due to bots and scalpers. So thought I'd get you guys to thought, how do you get any special editions of games if that's something maybe that's you've had to adjust to there's uh some way to keep an eye on it track it i've been wanting to get that special edition for how long it's been since we've had a true 2d metroid game i mean it's been 19 years as they said since fusion so i want to get your feedback on that but as always shout out to you guys keep up the good work and uh look forward to future episodes you guys take care all right, thank you, Isaac, for calling in. Um, I actually have a quick tip on that myself, at least the way I've sort of gotten away with it. I was able to pre-order the special edition for Dread like right after it was announced because of this. Um, uh, if you're, if, at least if you're on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, I follow um, at Nintendo Deal and Wario64, I think is the name of the other one. 
and I'll have notifications turned on to those for like everything. And they're usually one of the other usually catches them pretty quick. Um, I would recommend maybe trying to follow them. Um, outside of that, really, it's just if I get lucky, honestly, or one of the groups I'm in is like, hey, this is up. Um, so I, I'm not sure if I have any other better tips than that myself. Do you all know of anything? Yeah, no, I, I totally feel for him. Um, I I do like to get special edition games or I, I'm more of like a, a I like getting limited run games uh, of indie games. That's been my thing over the past few years. That's just some, one of my favorite things in the world. Um, I have gotten a few special edition games because I do love art books. Um, I forget if it comes with one, but uh, I kind of just ordered this because I kind of figured that it would go quickly. And honestly, I only got that because of you guys. Um, I think in our group chat, someone was just like, oh, hey, it went live. Or maybe I had a different friend that told me that. And so I was just like, all right, I'll order it. And if I don't feel like getting it, I'll just cancel it at some point. But I'm going to keep it because the chances of uh, me, you know, if I were to cancel it and then decide that I still wanted it, the odds of me being able to get it again are just, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. So, um, yeah. yeah, like like Josh said, uh, I would rely on Twitter and uh, social media. Um, I have a Twitter just to like get notifications. I don't really use it for that, but I, I really should for things like this. Um, but yeah, don't just use Twitter, use Facebook. Um, Maybe Instagram as well. I don't know if TikTok is helpful in any way. Probably not. But um, just go on social media. That's honestly your best bet. Um, it is extremely frustrating. And what's even more frustrating is that companies aren't really doing enough and they're kind of making it worse with practices like that. Um, they are aware that these limited edition games get you know, picked up by all these bots and stuff. They're very familiar with that. So having a policy for that is is unthinkable in my opinion. So hopefully that gets addressed sometime in the near future because it's only going to get worse. Um, and the only solution that I can think of outside of the companies making better policies is just getting ready for a digital future, which I'm not too comfortable with because that's kind of the only way around it. So uh, yeah, it's a really weird situation. So Isaac, I feel you. Um, like I said, just kind of, you know, keep your ear to the ground with social media. Uh, talk to your friends if you can get like a group chat going. Um, first of all, it's fun, but also you can guys, you, you guys can like keep each other in the loop with things. So um, yep, that's all I got. Uh, what about you, Paolo? Yeah, I just have to add uh, good luck, Isaac. Uh, hope you can get your copy. Um, I don't know, I just feel very sad with all this scalper thing. People buying a lot of copies and selling it for uh, super high prices. I get really mad with this kind of stuff. But yeah, man, just good luck. Are you a special edition guy, Paolo? Uh, I'm a physical copies kind of guy, like you. I like to have yeah. the little boxes and all. But I don't 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 have a lot of special editions of games. Yeah, I think it's only for like certain games. I know some people who get any special edition of anything. If there was like a special edition Hello Kitty Kart Cruiser or something, they would probably get that. But uh, something like Metroid, that's a special occasion. I uh, I don't I don't do them a lot myself, just because usually they they come with stuff I don't really need. Right. Um, I've got so much game junk from the past thirty years and. 
my wife would kill me if it, it gets that too much more out of hand probably like I don't, I don't really need the pair of socks and everything else that comes in some of this stuff but i have i have found myself sort of loving uh tin boxes is it uh, i might have said that wrong but yeah. um still books like uh, yeah still books uh, i got like super smash brothers ultimate and a still book i've got i think the first one i got was metroid prime trilogy on the wii and that whole package was just awesome it came with a oh, book yeah. and all of this but uh yeah so that I don't have very many of them, but I've just sort of fell in love with those sort of cases for some reason. So if I ever see those, I try to get a hold of them. Yeah. I, I, I mean, just have I just have one of those steel cases, and it was a terrible game in my opinion. It was perfect <laughs> dark for the 360. <laughs> oh, perfect dark no. zero, yeah. I guess, was the name of the game. <laughs> so, yeah. Perfect Maybe dark four, can... I loved. Perfect right. dark zero. Was yeah, there, me but... too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. one thing I just thought of to kind of help the situation is like, you know, definitely make sure that you tune in for Nintendo Directs because we usually get a heads up about those. And many times shortly after the Direct, uh, a lot of these pre-orders go live. And it's, you know, most people want the, the, the limited edition of Nintendo games. Um, so that's usually the time to to get ready for something like that so just something i thought of now but yeah all right and then the next one i think we have here is jacob and that may kind of tie us into the topic i believe if you want to go ahead and play it hey guys it's me so sorry i could not join on for tonight's episode um i just wanted to call real quick about uh the oled uh, switch announcement um you know i think it's great i think it looks very like a sexy system. I really like the white on it. Um, honestly, it kind of gives me like Wii vibes back in the day when I first saw the Wii. I thought it was a really nice looking system, that white. Um, you know, with that said, though, uh, <laughs> um, sorry, it has uh, not all of the upgrades I think that we all were hoping for. Um, I mainly play on my home console TV at home, so... I'm a little bummed that it doesn't have a 4K upgrade like we had heard. Um, I mean, the overall of the system itself for portable mode seems great. Um, and I still have an OG day one uh, Switch. And, you know, my Switch actually still works just fine. You know, it's got its bumps and bruises and scratch and cracks, but it still works pretty well overall. Uh, but I think it's time for an upgrade. So either way, I still will be getting the new Switch. Um, it falls October 8th, right before my birthday, which is the 22nd. So it's definitely going to be a birthday item for me this year. Um, I liked it overall. I think it's cool. Upgrades they had. I just was expecting more. So I was a little underwhelmed. Not upset about it, but wish it could have been a little more. Um, as for today's topic, I'm love the game. Um, I haven't beat it entirely, but definitely get the DKC vibes, which is my favorite Nintendo franchise of all time. Um, so kudos to them. Thanks for coming on with the show, and uh, look forward to hearing this one. You guys have a good episode. I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, Jacob. We're sorry you couldn't make it in here, um, but thanks for leaving a message. Um, thanks, Jacob. I'm, I think... I'm really glad that you are enjoying the game. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah for sure. We're all big fans here. And I think, like you all said, I think Jacob sort of had similar feelings on the new Switch model there. Um, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I think it's um, gorgeous. I agree with him. 
Oh I, yeah, I, I like this white vibe of consoles. I, I'm I'm really into the first Xbox 360 that came out, the Wii. I like the PlayStation 5. I know it can be controversial the design, but I think it's it's cool. I like the white system as well. Yeah, agree. It's it's pretty cool that like we kind of had this whole white phase and then that went away and then everything became black and now everything's white again. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the PlayStation 5 is gorgeous. I don't know why people don't like it. I know it's very odd looking, but I think it's just very interesting and artsy and different. And I like that. Yeah. Uh, it's I don't like having every system looking exactly the same. I like a little bit of personality in the system itself. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, I say that about the PlayStation 5, but going back to this Switch OLED model, it's the same thing. It's just white. Um, a white border would have been kind of cool, but I think a lot of people wouldn't be too thrilled about that. But um, one thought that I do have on the Switch OLED, and probably the main reason why I won't be getting it, is because it's an OLED screen, and OLED screens are not meant for static images, which video games definitely have so you're gonna have your health bar and yes. uh you know a lot of things around so i'm just worried about burn-in and or burnout whatever it's called because i'm a collector i like to have things for a long period of time and oled screens do not lend themselves to uh collectors so i kind of do worry about that um at the same time oled screens have evolved uh extremely over the past few years you know a lot of people with the original iPhone 10, those screens hold up just fine, surprisingly. So um, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll hold up just fine. I don't know. But just a concern that I have. But uh, you are right. You're right, Paulo. I, I think it does look really beautiful. Yeah. Nice. I will say, as odd as the Series X looks, um, my cousin did find a great use for the little mini fridge that it seemed to perfectly like make a throne for the GameCube when he sat his Nintendo GameCube <laughs> on top of it. Like it, it looks, it looks like it kind of fits there. It's almost like playing Sonic and Knuckles with something slotted on the top of it. <laughs> well, anyhow, I guess we will go ahead and jump more into the topic here. kind of get us started though we have a couple facebook comments i believe um chris if you got those pulled up we'll just go ahead and start with those so our first question comes from our good friend kyle martin so kyle asked a lot of things but um just in the interest of time i'm just going to choose two questions that i think um are the most interesting and things that i at least personally didn't think to ask but um kyle wants to know what your musical influences are and when did you decide that you wanted to be a composer? Hey, Kyle, nice questions. Um, mainly my, my influences come from, uh, I would say progressive rock type of bands. I was listening to a lot of Yes, Pink Floyd, Jethro Tull, uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of heavy metal as well. Uh, and I always listen to a lot of classical and uh, game music overall. So I grew up playing games and I guess that's when, to the next question, I, I guess that's when, since I was like seven years old, I already had like a piano teacher and I would 
put her in front of the TV, play some Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and she would come with the recorder and, and record some of the songs uh, played in the ocarina. She would take home, learn the songs, and in the next class she would come and teach me all of the songs of Ocarina of Time. And I had I had only like seven years old at the time, and I was already in love with it. So I guess since I was a little kid, I, I, I always was very involved in music and always wanted to make games, uh, music for games. That's that's why when I left school, I, I I studied music and I studied game development. I went to two colleges, two colleges at the same time, because I wanted to mix both things. So. I guess since very, very, very young, I knew I wanted to be a composer, a game composer. Awesome. Did, so did you study music and video game development at the same mm -hmm. time? Is that what you mean? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I started actually uh, game development uh, college. I started the game development college and at the same and one year after I started the, game, the music college. And then for like one year, I went to both at the same time. And then programming got really hard and I decided to quit the game development and just focus on the music side of things. And then I graduated in music only. But, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool. I've learned a lot of different things. Okay. It was very useful to, make, uh, to, to learn the basics of programming, the basics of game design and writing and all that. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, one thing that I've at least discovered is that you kind of find yourself by experimenting with all these different categories and subjects, and sometimes you find something just isn't for you, and even if you expected that it was, and sometimes that guides you to something that really is for you that you didn't yeah. even really think of. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. It really helps, you know, because when you're working with games, you have to be at least aware of what the other areas are doing. So it's really important to know how the animators are working, how the screenwriters, the, the game writers, sorry, the game designers are thinking, at least the basic. So it, it's easier to work uh, as a team, if you know the, if you know that. Great point. So that's part of what I'm trying to understand myself now, which is just where I'm looking at all these little classes, just individual things. Um, one of them I took recently was was for Unity. Just I was like, well, this this seems like a pretty safe one to, to try to learn some about i don't mm -hmm. i don't really know anything about it so i got it on my laptop and everything and, and it started getting pretty complicated um <laughs> but and unfortunately my laptop has seen better days so it just wasn't <laughs> having any more of that so i had to sort of quit that one mostly because of my laptop but I, it, it was interesting to at least you know if i would pursue that more or not it was at least interesting to me to see just a little more of how everybody sort of works in different ways and you know it all has to come together at some point as yeah. well. Um, yeah. So that was that was pretty interesting to me, even if that's you know not something I would personally go back to myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I can sort of relate to that one. Um, cool. Math sort of chased me out of college at one point. <laughs> <laughs> it chased a lot of people out of college. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, this interview isn't about me at all. But uh, if there's one thing that I've learned in life is that life just has a funny way of kind of discreetly guiding you to where you need to be. You just really need to put yourself out there and follow follow what you know you love. Uh, that's just the best starting point for anything. And so, uh, you know, just listening to Paolo's story, you know, he loves Ocarina of Time, he loves music, and that eventually uh, led him to find where he is right now. So um, yeah, hopefully that helps uh, some people who might be listening. 
Um, our other uh, question comes from uh, Michael Paracone. And so he also has a um, few questions. Um, so he just wants to know really uh, what other projects are you do you have going on uh, that you might be working on? And he also just wanted to add that this is good timing since I just finished the game and the music was equally as great as the gameplay. Thank you very much for recommending this gem. I think uh, Josh did that. But uh, yeah, we have a lot of fans for your game. That's so cool. It's Michael. Yes. Thanks so much, so much. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's. I've been working on a lot of different stuff. Uh, actually, uh, doing case was like my part job. Uh, something that I did during the nights or the weekends. So since five years since we started and it's five years since I don't get a really good break. <laughs> uh so because i had other jobs and i and, and i work at a, at a game development company called Aquiris here in brazil uh it's the company that developed a game called horizon chase turbo it's a it's a racing game it's like a, oh yeah it was yep. part of the ps plus collection like a couple of months ago i guess um it's, so yeah it's so a, it's an arcade racer game, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have that. I love it. Oh, cool. So, Wait, yeah, did I, you make the music for that game? No, that was Barry Lich. He, he was, he's, uh, he's from Scotland, but he lives in America. He, okay. he made the music for the game. Uh, like famous old, old, old guy from the industry, very experienced. Uh, but I work on the, the sound design of this game a little bit. So yeah, so I work at Aquiris, and we currently uh, I'm a part of the team that 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 works at Looney Tunes World of Mayhem. It's a mobile game. Uh, uh, we are also working on a game that's released a few year few months ago called Wonderbox. It's uh, an iOS exclusive game. It's like a, a game that you create your own levels and you can share your adventures. Cool. It's a really cool game. Very proud of that. And yeah, and we have other project projects coming that I can tell a lot about yet. So yeah, Very so nice. so yeah, doing a lot of stuff. Cool. Yeah, we can all look forward to your uh, upcoming announcements. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, so those are all of our Facebook questions. So thank you everyone for your uh, submissions. Thanks. So to jump more in the topic there, we, I guess we've already hit uh, a lot of different questions here. So I don't want to bombard you too much. But, um, <laughs> no, I, um, one of the things I was personally curious about myself too is, you know, some of your inspirations. And I, I know you mentioned Ocarina of Time. Um, you know, it was, was one of the games you even sort of learned from. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, like, that's it would be hard to find a much better soundtrack, I feel like, <laughs> to sort of learn off of. So that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, was there any other... Um, was any other game sort of that sticks out for you that that maybe even would be a little more oh what's the word as I was gonna say that's just sort of a personal favorite of yours perhaps that you grew up with or that that sort of mm -hmm. helped you to to sort of fall in love with games so to speak mm -hmm. that sort of Definitely. thing yeah uh, actually I was uh, this this last weekend I was just going through some old magazines you know when they had like game magazines. <laughs> like Nintendo Power and all that. 
yeah. uh, just because I'm very nostalgic. So I'm really happy that I'm here in Nintendo Nostalgia. And uh, I guess the game that really made me fall in love with video games was Final Fantasy VIII for the PS1. Uh, I'm 31, so I guess I was like eight years old at that time. And I just, I remember buying all magazines that had this game. By that time, it, it hasn't come out yet. It, yeah, I remember reading magazines about this game and uh, I was in love with it even before playing it. And when I played it, the music was also so fantastic. Nobu Uematsu, like, he's my favorite composer. He's like probably my biggest inspiration as a composer. Uh, so yeah, I grew up like playing JRPGs, especially Final Fantasy. Seven, eight, nine, ten, and so forth. And uh, and talking more about case Kazi. Uh, do you guys say case or Kazi? We were hoping you would know. I used to say case, but now I say Kazi. I, I forget okay. where I heard it pronounced like that, but I, I'm stuck with Kazi yeah. for. Okay, so I, I say Kaze, it just sounds a little fancier. <laughs> okay, just a quick parenthesis then. Uh, the, the word is the correct way of saying the word is kaze because it's from the Japanese wind, kaze. Oh. Uh, but for, for us Brazilian the developers, it was much easier to say case. So we always said, said case because we can Americanize things. It's easier for us case. <laughs> but then we realized that a lot of people say kaze. And now we just like, you can say however you want. It's cool that okay. you're talking about our game. You know, it's, feel free to. Pronounce it how you how you like, but I probably will say here case because case is it's easier for me. Um, so yeah, maybe for case, then my biggest reference was David Wise from Donkey Kong, of course. I, I love that the 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 old school type of making music, very melodic. You know, nowadays music in games is more like giving the correct vibes. It's like of immersive music but sometimes you don't have a lot of melodies strong themes it's more about creating the mood and that's why i love the music from games from the 90s it's much more it's more about making a good music a catchy me a melodic theme and uh and so yeah uh, david wise was a big inspiration for me i, I could definitely understand that one I, I, david wise has always been my one of my favorite composers growing up um and I think there's something about, and maybe you'll understand this a little bit better, but I almost feel like there was more limitations back around the 90s um, yeah. that, that sort of brought out a different feel um, than what it is now. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, there's there's some awesome soundtracks out there now, but uh, I still feel like, and maybe it's a nostalgic thing, but I, I feel like there's just sort of a different feel to it. I, I guess, again, it's mm -hmm. sort of that limitations. They had to stick to this and use these type of sounds or instruments or what yeah. have you. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I guess it's because uh, I don't want li to limit myself by saying that because this is just a small portion of this. But I think it's just that games, the technology made composers make good music. You know, they, they have these limitations and they have to make uh, a good team. It must, you know, stick out. It must must be good. You know, and and, and nowadays since the technology, uh, it's everything more advanced. I guess the music is serving a different purpose in the game. You know, that's what I want to say. I mean, I'm talking about AAA games, of course. You know, the music is more like a background. It's more to create moods. 
and not to have like to be as important as the rest of the game. You know, it's much more about just setting the mood for players most of the time. And then at few in at specific points like cutscenes or trailers and specific parts of game, then the music can stand out. But most of the times music is just like a background for immersion. Yeah. And I, I, I... I definitely like I'm I'm obviously not a composer and that I, I would not know nearly as much as you would on the subject but I feel like a lot of times it sort of goes in hand with the narrative or the feeling of a game such as like I think of Donkey Kong 64 um and Grant Kirkhope like that game's sort of sort of silly like you know there's some goofy narrative to it and it's kind of cartoony and some of the sound some of the tracks in that sort of reflect that so I I feel like it's just all kind of cohesive it all comes together um I just find that interesting yeah um i i definitely wanted to make sure to tell you that i love the music in this game uh this is a game that i pre-ordered when i heard about it and um it was on my backlog for a while but when i heard that we were going to be doing this i was like okay let me let me jump into this now and uh i was blown away by the music because one of the best parts of any game is an amazing soundtrack and you absolutely delivered that with this game like seriously I, I loved every single track that i heard so uh excellent job um and thanks so much it's, thanks man oh yeah my pleasure it, it's it was such a treat to listen to um so it, and it's it's really cool because the music that you developed brings out everything that i would expect from that type of a game and it's like it's exciting it, it's mysterious it's like colorful and sound uh it has all these different types of sounds and instruments and all these different layers that you wouldn't think would go together so well but they do and they just create this really unique sound um so i just thought that was so perfect for you know a platformer and it, it just makes the game feel like it has this like high uh, budget and and so I just wanted to make sure to compliment you on that. I I loved the soundtrack. Um, I do have a question. Um, so it's clear that like Kaze is inspired by a lot of different like platforming masterpieces over the years. So how do you balance borrowing from these types of inspirations but still creating something that's entirely new with Kaze? Mm -hmm. Uh, first of all, thanks for your words, Chris. It, was, it means a lot. Uh, it's so good to, to hear that. And uh, uh, about the music, it was a little bit challenging, challenging at first because we we, ha we had to find the, the correct the correct uh, identity of the soundtrack. So we wanted to have a vibe that is similar to Donkey Kong. This this counts for the for the whole game actually, not just for the music part, because we wanted to feel a little bit like Donkey Kong. Uh, our main reference is Donkey Kong, so we wanted to feel like it, but not the same thing. So, what is what is important in this aspect of the, of, of the game? Music. What what is Donkey Kongish? You know, okay, it's melodic. It uses uh, those kind of ethnic instruments. You know, uh, it has percussion. Uh, but how can I make it sound like a different thing? Not exactly the same. So, okay, so we did, we did a lot of music, we redid a lot of music. So, okay, so the, the, the progressive rock background might help. 
so I can add some guitars. Okay, so the main team now has guitars. Actually, just a curiosity here is that a developer came up, came out, came up to me with a Naruto reference, <laughs> the, the anime Naruto, and uh, and he he said try something like this. It's like it's it has percussion, it's ethnic, but it has some guitars. Maybe you can add that to a David White song, and then and then something new can can come out of this. And that's what I did. So I tried to play some guitars with his advice and uh, with the, the melodic things, the percussion. And that's how we started to get on the right path. Uh, we wanted it to be more tribal than Donkey Kong, more a little more aggressive, you know, more the percussion, but a little more more, more strong. And uh, and that's how we found the ident identity of the music in the game. So the same goes for your other question about the other things as well. We try to, to look at, at the aspects of the, our main references, and Donkey Kong being one of them, and try to figure out what we can change, what can we, what would be in a nowadays game, in a modern game. So we start with a lot of quality of life, uh, things like we don't have like a life, a life limits. Uh, players can retry the levels whenever they want. If they fail on a bonus stage, okay, he doesn't have to go to the beginning of the level and start all over again. He can just retry that on time. Uh, you know, like those little systems, they are, we, we start thinking on them like, okay, this mechanic, we can make it a little more friendly to players. So mechanically, that, that there's something that that's something that we always thought. Um, I don't know what else. Um, I wish I had like a game designer here with me to help me with this question. No, that's okay. I kind of meant more with the music, but you you kind of touched on the music and the game design, uh, mm -hmm. like both of those. So uh, yeah. yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. Uh, out of curiosity, were there any other inspirations outside of Donkey Kong Country that you could think of? Because, you know, yeah. I got these vibes from other past games, but I just couldn't pinpoint what those inspirations could be. I was thinking, like, maybe Kirby or uh, Sonic, maybe. Yeah, that that's a fun thing is that Casey sure. Kaze uh, was first designed to be a, a Sonic reference game. Not a lot of Donkey Kong, but more of Sonic. So a lot of the assets in the, the beginning of the project were taken directly from Sonic. Uh, so yeah, definitely we have, we have a big, big inspiration from Sonic. Even though now the gameplay and the game feels like DK, uh, yeah. uh, Sonic was important. Uh, Rayman, I guess, the Rayman games from the 90s. Uh, okay. Also the new Rayman games, they have some. Some some boss battles, they, they we've got some inspirations from Rayman games. Um, yeah, I guess a little bit of Mario. Yeah, we tr we'll try to make a Kazi like a it's like a love letter to the classic platformers from the 90s. So sometimes people say that when they play the game, they they they, they make a comparison with with games that I haven't played and I haven't, we haven't fought as a reference, but to me that's the goal achieved, you know. Uh, we didn't think of that, but this this person is is relating our game to something 
that was from that time, from that genre. We just didn't think about it, but it was a success, success I guess, because they are comparing to a platformer from the 90s. And that was the main goal. Yeah. yeah. And good platformers from the 90s as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I noticed just going through it um, again. It, it made sort of where some of its Donkey Kong Country references on its sleeve, so to speak. Um, you know, with the the K and the A, the Z and the E letters, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like I don't feel like it was um, like a cheap copy, so to speak, or anything like that. I, I feel like it's very much its own thing. Um, it, the, the character, the the music, all of it. Like it, it doesn't. It, it kind of brings you back, but it it doesn't feel like a, a lesser than copy. It feels like its own, you know, solid thing all all by itself. Um, yeah, totally. So I really, really appreciated that. I just, you know, of course the gameplay, I, it's one of those weird things where it's like looking back at I, sort of like the critique things and I'm like, I, I can't really think of anything that really, that really felt off that bothered me, you know, um, yep. it, it's, it's, you know, I, I guess I can't say too much or you, you couldn't either way it, anyways, but it's one of those things I'd love to see more of um, in the future. Yep. Um, and yeah, and, and I guess I caught some of the references you had mentioned. I don't know if this is one of them, but like with Rayman, uh, specifically like Rayman Origins and Legends, um, there was weird, some sections that sort of brought me back to that. And then mm-hmm. uh, I could say the same with like the mostly the Super Nintendo Donkey Kong Country series. It almost feels similar to a Donkey Kong Country 4, which is fine with me anyway, because it's one of my favorite series yeah. of all time anyhow. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it's interesting to see how you can sort of take um different you can sort of make references to, to multiple things at once but at the same time it still feels like its own thing so much just mm-hmm. you know sort of by itself exactly about, yeah about training i guess it was origins and legends i think some of the chasing sec- segments yeah our game designers use uh, those as a reference to be honest yeah I know this is probably more on a, a you know a different department so to speak, but the uh, one of the earlier uh, special stages where the the ground disappears, it just drops <laughs> and <laughs> boxes and stuff are floating. I I thought I broke the game when I first played it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh no, this is part of the trick here. Okay, yeah. okay, that was supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the level I think people get very confused. It's like. <laughs> This is the like, level I think. If, if 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 we had to go back and redo something, I think this is the level that huh. I don't know. It, it 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 doesn't feel very. I wish it was more clear to the player that is not a bug. It's just the, the level is supposed <laughs> to be like that, you know. <laughs> to make some way to to, to you know. Well, I think yeah, it like made it even better. Sense. I feel like it made it even yeah. better once I realized it wasn't a bug. It was like, oh, like you know, I felt like yeah, I felt yeah. like the makers were really trying to, to to get in my head a little bit, and it's and it sort right. of worked. So. Yeah, a nice a nice uh, surprise. I like that. Oh. Uh, so, oh, I have a question for you. So, um, what's a what's a misconception that people might have might have about being a game composer, or something that people might not fully understand about your job? Mm, interesting question. Mm, I think that's valid for a game composer, but as a sound designer too, is that you spend most of your time not making music or creating sound, but 
using the engine of the game, working on Unity, on Unreal, whatever, uh, working on spreadsheets, like documenting. We do a lot of documentation when we, we are working with games. So, you know, we spend a lot of time doing looking at spreadsheets. And uh, so I guess that's a misconception. It's, it's I, I would say it's more than 50% of the time you're not actually producing or doing other stuff. Uh, more than that, I would say you have to think technically a lot. It's not just about making a music, you know, like uh, a cool music. You have to think how it will work in the game. So you have to think the behaviors, the triggers, how the, the, the game programmer will call your music in the game, like, you know, uh, in the scene, how it's going to loop, where it's going to loop. Uh, you know, uh, depending on what is happening on the, you know, on the screen, the, the music is very interactive. So, yeah, it's maybe they fall under, under the same thing, under the same belt. You know, you're not just making music. You have to think a lot of about other stuff. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I really appreciated your point before where it's like you, you highlighted that it's a very collaborative process. It's not just yeah. you making this music in a vacuum. You have to work with the, the programmers and the director and all these other people yeah. and make sure that you're all on the same page and have the same vision. So I think that yeah. was really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, for, for Kazi, we developed the process. I'm, I'll start to say Kazi now. <laughs> for Kazi, we developed <laughs> the process of... Of, because uh, when we started um, this project, uh, we had a lot of. I was starting at Game Audio because uh, I, I I don't think I said that, but when I when I finished my music school, the music college, I went to live in the United States for a couple of years, and I lived in San Francisco, and mm -hmm. I did a specialized myself in making uh, digital audio for games. Uh, and then when I came back to Brazil was 2014. So like one year, one week, one year right after this, it's when I started to work at on case on Casa. So I was not very experienced. So what I was doing was creating music, doing doing exactly the thing that I said it's not like it is actually. So I was just doing the whole music. And sending to the to the other devs, and they were like, okay, but this is not going to work because of this technical aspect, or uh, we should give more feedback. We should have more feedback during the process and not, not just during the final music. So so yeah, it's it's basically what you said. You're always communicating with other team members. So we we developed this process where, okay, I'll just do 15, 15 seconds of music. Okay, now check uh, like three options, three options of 15 seconds of music. Okay, now the other devs will check those out. We'll talk about it. Okay, this is the path. This is the, the B version is the one we want to go on with. So I just write one minute of music or 45 seconds. Then I validate with them this process, how it's going. Okay, now you can finish the song. And uh, that's how things start to get more smooth in the process, start to get, started to get more smooth when we when I started doing that, you know. Cool. I know this is probably sort of a, a very general question um, that a lot of people would ask, but uh, 
you know, especially with looking into different aspects of game development myself, and I, I don't know if this would necessarily be a track I would take or not, but uh, is there any is there any good sort of tips or places to really get started um, that you would recommend for someone who's interested in, in what you're doing or, or something a lot like uh, what you're into? Um, are you talking about game development in general or music or games or sound design for games? Specifically for, for sound design for games or, or, you know, or for game music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know we do have a few listeners uh, who kind of have an interest in something like that. Mm-hmm. So I guess they might be interested to see and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. any tips you might have in getting into the industry. Yeah. Yeah, um, my my advice would be to always study a lot, uh, independent if it's game music or just game development in general. Uh, Making games, it's pretty hard, and uh, making music for games is very specific. There's the technical side of things, like like I said before, so it's really important. You don't have to pay for a course, even though that would be maybe easier to learn that way. But there's a lot of online things you can find, and that's cool because you have like you can get degrees by doing distant, uh, you know, study over uh, online, you know, study online. Uh, so you don't have to go to a present classes for that. So, so yeah, I guess you can, you can watch a lot of cool stuff on YouTube. There's, uh, you know, one one of the most famous channels, the 8-bit music theory. It's like really good channel for those who are into game music and he dissecates the the music of of some of the classic games so you can understand maybe the mind of the composer behind some some classic game music Uh, yeah i would say i don't know if you have any specific advice go to this go do this but just study in general because it's important to understand the specifics of game audio and game music so yeah, it, it's just not. It, it, I I think it's valid to just study music. You know, go to the music college and study music. No, try to be specific. If you're not, even if you're not paying for a course, like go online. There are free courses you can start with. Maybe some. There are some courses that of that offers like first part of the course you can do for free and then pay. So you know, just just study. You know, understand the specifics of game audio. So, you know, we've kind of talked about how Kaze gives us all these nostalgic feels for all these games that we love growing up. So I wanted to ask, what did you want players to feel when they were listening to your music and the sounds that you created? I wanted them to be teleported back in time. I wanted them to to feel like uh, we are on an advent- adventure, uh, so that's what I try to make with the teams. I want I want them to feel like uh, as if they were in a, in a different world, a world, sorry, uh, a magical world. Uh, uh, I wanted to feel, feel some strangeness of the instruments, you know. Uh, we have a lot of different biomas in the game, so I want them to feel like a fantasy, you know, forest, a fantasy uh, swamp, a fantasy lava, you know, a volcano. 
So I, I would just want to teleport them to, to different places with this tribal feeling of the percussion of like something that is aggressive. Uh, and at the same time, I want my melodies to teleport them back to a time with this type of game soundtracks, with like heavy melodic music, you know, that will stick in their heads, hopefully. And uh, that's, that's, I guess that's that. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely will. I think you totally succeeded in that mission. Um, yeah, it, when I was playing the game, especially today, you know, I, I mentioned this before we started recording, but, you know, we've had a pretty intense thunderstorm. Uh, maybe people might be able to hear it in the background, but um, when I was playing the game, it's just like you said, I was totally transported back to this time, not even just when I was a kid, but like, just any time where where I was playing a game and I was just totally transported into that world and felt like I was a part of it. And um, like you said, on this adventure that's exciting and mysterious and interesting and uh, stimulating by making me want to, like, it just gives me the sense that there's other things to discover. There's uh, missing puzzle pieces and uh, all these extra secrets that I, I, I love in any type of game. So um, so well done with that. I, I loved it Thanks. and um, can't wait to keep playing it. Um, I did want to get your thoughts on the indie game scene. Um, this is something that has been totally transformed over the past few years. Um, and I, I believe that uh, the Switch is a, a huge part of that now you know it was doing quite well before but uh unexpectedly on the switch indies are just doing fantastic yes. so um has would you say that kaze has experienced uh, particularly good ex um success on the switch and just um just was curious about your thoughts on mm -hmm. on the indie scene moving forward definitely yeah i guess it was in the 2000s, uh, 2007, 8, with the Xbox Live Arcade, that the yeah. Indies really started to pick up. Uh, and, and surprisingly, I guess, maybe nowadays, Switch might be the more friendly platform for, for indie developers, which is, to me, it feels weird because it's Nintendo, you know, <laughs> how they, they, they are, with the, or how they were with those kind of things before. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we're, we're in a really good point in game development for the developers. Uh, it's 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 not difficult to put your game out there. Before, you know, you had Steam, and that's basically that. If you want to have your game on a console, you have to be like Super Meat Boy. You got great Limbo, you know, those those indie games, but you know, with big budget or you know, a lot of uh, more experienced developers, I don't know. Uh, but nowadays it's it's easier. You can, it, it's it's better access, you know, you can you can talk to, to these companies, you can ask for a, for a dev kit, you know. And uh, so I see, to me, we are in a, in a really good spot. Uh, and I guess Nintendo, the Switch is probably the best system for, for indie developers right now.
Cool. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys are experiencing the success that you are, and I hope that you guys get even more successful. Um, something that I've noticed over the past few years is that the line between an indie developer and a third-party publisher, and sometimes even a first-party uh, developer, is kind of blurring. And we now have Kaze, which thankfully has the excellent physical version in stores that you can pick up, um, which is now going to be on shelves alongside Mario and, uh, you know, all the other heavy hitters. So it's just really cool that an indie game is going to be in that same ballpark and uh, can experience success on its own. Uh, you know, separate from from those other titles. So um, I'm particularly really excited. And it's it's not just great that these games are being developed, but that they're being successful and that they're reaching the right people. And people are excited to play these games and and are uh, excited for more. And they're they're you know these excellent developers with the great work that's being put out are being recognized and and rewarded. So uh, that's something I'm really thankful for. Um, and hope that that continues for you guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Chris. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I was going to say that definitely uh, we 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 got the the, the 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 partnership with Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft on our own. And uh, that that says a lot, you know. We didn't need a publisher for that, and that that changed like just a few years ago. Uh, but I can hear the thunder sound now. <laughs> and uh, but you know, uh, we have a publisher actually. It's called Sodesco. It's uh, from Netherlands, and they helped us to put the game on stores. But so. Publishers are still relevant in the game development, of course, in general. They are like, they make the path easier for any developers to put a game out there, but it's not a necessity anymore. And that's a good thing. And uh, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say that we, we got the partnership with the, with the companies on our own, and then the publisher just gave like one small push to put on the store. So, so yeah. It's, it's a good time to be a game developer in the game developer. Yeah. I, I was so happy that you guys were associated with Sodesco because they've put out some excellent, excellent indie games, and you guys are very deserving of being up there with the other ones. Um, uh, I know there's a Tesla Grad, Gianna Sisters, I believe, I want to say like Owlboy was also uh, with them. Uh, so. I think Owlboy, they just made uh, the physical copies of the game, like they published the physical edition of the game. I think, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, because I remember uh, seeing that in stores with the Sodesco, and I, I've been seeing more and more of this publisher's name on a lot of the games that I mm -hmm. love. So it, it was so cool to see your game get announced. And then shortly after, you guys had a physical version right after and, and a retail one, not like a limited run you know, uh, version. Like people can find this in stores. So um, yeah, I, I think Sodesco has been helping a lot of indie developers put out some awesome work um, into the masses. So uh, very happy about that for you guys. Yeah.
Yeah, like like you said, I, I think I had gotten my copy off of Amazon or, or something when it came out. Um, you know, I, I feel like usually a lot of times with the indies, it's it's been hit and miss with that. You know, it's it might be limited runs like six months later or something like that. So it was really cool to see that just, you know, sort of up front and center with everything else. Um, and, and I'm glad to still see it. Like, you know, it's still seems to be available you know it wasn't yes. sort of a one and gone thing it's it's what i can tell it seems like you can still find it so yep. that's really cool um yep. and it's 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 neat to just sort of see that industry uh or the you know the indie side of things sort of evolve over the years as well it still feels like it's almost a little young um i guess compared to some other entertainment industries but it is cool to see it uh, grow and hopefully more in a in a positive way um so we can get more good stuff like this <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're so used to these um, these like corporate games that are kind of designed by people in suits and they're like, this is our demographic and this is what sells. So go make this. But it's these games like Kaze that are made out of passion and people that just want to create something that's great that that calls back to these other masterpieces from the past and and borrows all borrows all the best parts from them and so that makes me really happy that there's like a thriving industry for that and that you guys are doing well with that so um so yeah we're i like i've mentioned before i, I think we're in an excellent place with indies and i just hope that continues yeah thanks chris about what you said and i i don't want to irritate anyone uh the listeners or you guys, but that's what makes me mad about like uh, Microsoft, uh, the Xbox, Bethesda uh, conference at E3, because I think that all games look the same in a way, you know. Yeah. All the totally. first-person shooters with the, you know, games can be much more than that. It's cool to have those games, but those type those games, but there can be so much different stuff as well. I'd, I'd completely agree with that. I'd, I feel like something about, um, again, just talking about Kaze or Kaze or, you know, however you say it. Um, uh, we should just, probably take a vote at the end. <laughs> it stands out. It stands out a little more to me. It, it feels, it's more colorful. It feels a little more original, so to speak. Um, you know, even, even the little story and, and whatnot in it just feels sort of fresh <laughs> in this day and age. Um, so I, I, I'd love to see things like this really, really take off. Um, yeah. Well, I, d- I don't want to hold you up too much longer here. I know we've been we've been getting a little, <laughs> yeah, I guess, at the episode. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to say I'd, I'd very much love the soundtrack for this game. Um, I, I actually recently had it, uh, some of it added to a little playlist while I was driving to one of our hosts' house that's like five hours away from me. I was, so there was definitely some some Kaze music playing on the in on the uh, that drive along with some other things. So. Oh, cool. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to support you guys, and uh, I hope I hope more and more people decide to go check this out if they haven't already. Um, and you know, keep up with with whatever you're up to and any new games or things you've done in the past. I'd be happy to check that out and support you. Like I've said, I I loved your game uh, when I was playing it. Like I was just like, okay, let's see what this is about. And I was like, oh wait, I I really like this. And I'm like, wait, I love this. And then the more I played, I'm like, oh, I love this. This is amazing. So I cannot wait to go back uh, and play this game. It it hits all the right notes. It's exactly what I wanted from this type of a game. And your music takes it to a whole new level. Like, yes, the gameplay is there. The It, it has very tight platforming and the art looks incredible. But, you know, without you, 
this game would be would still be great, but you just take it to a whole new level with your music. And um, it's it's it, I mean, I've had all these adjectives thrown out before, but it's one of the best parts of the game. So uh, congrats on on your great work. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah, Case was a project we did with you now it's Case. We did with a lot of love. Uh, it's, a, it's it's a project made of fashion because uh, we didn't get any investment to make this game. It came from our own money. We spent like five years. Uh, to me, it was a side job, as I said before, like working during nights, during weekends, because we love this kind of games. We love Donkey Kong Country, we love Sonic, we love Mario, we love the platformers from the 90s. And uh, to see people enjoying it, to see you enjoying it, it, it makes us super proud and happy. Uh, uh, you know, we're just coming out of a very dark times in our history uh, with everything that happened. And uh, one of the most, the, one of the coolest thing was to see people playing the game during this. And, you know, they can distract themselves when they're at home. Uh, so yeah, it's it's. It was a special journey to me and to all of the developers. Uh, yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Joshua, for the invitation. Uh, next time I can prepare my English a little bit better and we can talk more. <laughs> no, it's uh, okay. Can, you can call me whenever you want. And uh, I just want to say it uh, to all your listeners uh, and you guys, if you want to check out, follow us on our, our social media. Uh, just look for search for case case and the world mask or cause and the world masks on twitter instagram you know facebook you'll find us there uh, and thanks a lot great quick question for you will we see kaze again mm, maybe we'll i don't know we'll see okay yeah. all right i hope so we'll see. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. i will i will say and not to one thing I did want to mention is, uh, I think we had talked about it some before, is my, my six-year-old daughter has also seemed to very much like this game. And anytime I, I'm playing it, she wants to jump in. Um, I've, I've went all the way through it and collected everything. And I don't think she quite understands that those last few levels is, she might not want to start there yet, but but she's she's learning. Um, so I appreciate that. It takes oh, me back to the days when my dad and I would play Donkey Kong Country, actually, oh, when it was about the same age. That's the thing. So, that's exactly what we want. That's perfect. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. This is a special little moment. So yeah. So yeah, uh, I, I don't have to be very secret, secretive about that. I guess uh, uh, we we might work on a, on a DLC or something. Uh, for now, we're just seeing how the release of the game is going. So uh, we might we we started a few talks, but I, I can't reveal that yet. Uh, but what is cool is that if a case two come out eventually. It will be a project with more experience from us. We want to make something that's even more different. You know, the first game is very associated with Donkey Kong Country. Maybe the second one we can find new mechanics, something that wasn't, you know, done previously. Uh, so if it comes out, I hope it's, it's an even better game. But that's it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I mean, yeah. yeah, you've got my attention and we'll definitely be following you for many, many years to come. But thank you so much, Paulo, for joining us. It was really awesome speaking with you. Yeah, me too. Thanks yeah. a lot. For sure. Thank you very much for, for jumping in here with us. Um, well, I guess with that all being said, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up.
had a pretty good time myself, so it kind of stinks to actually shut it down this time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if, of course, you can find us at, uh, if you all already know here, on Twitter at Nintendo underscore Nostalgia, on Facebook at Nintendo Nostalgia, and, of course, the Facebook chat group we have on there you can jump into, and we get into all sort of nonsense there, um, and also on Instagram as well. Um, and like he said, uh, look for for Kaze. Uh, I'm actually going to pull it up as I'm talking here real quick. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Kaze Wild Mask, it looks like. Um, so I follow them on the air and Facebook. And uh, all of those nice places, <laughs> you can find them on there. And actually, I believe um, I've got your part of your soundtrack or the soundtrack for, for Kaze on uh, iTunes. Um, so I believe you can find it on there. And I think I saw it on yes. Spotify. Yeah, it's basically on all streaming services of music, so you can find it on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, iTunes, Pandora, anything you can ask, you can think of, it will be there, I guess. It's awesome. supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> go check that out if you get the chance then, sure. <laughs> well, uh, we'll go ahead and shut it down, guys. Uh, you all have a great week this week, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. I have to go over the opening in my head every time. I don't know why that, that hurts me so much. That's okay. I do. <laughs> I'm blaming Jacob and Ryan for coming up with it. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, they're going to hear that in this recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Oh, well. That's fine. <laughs> they know. Yeah. <laughs> All right.